Hey everybody, this is Ben Smith, and we're finally bringing you a player interview on Chance Bending. So we sat down with Will the Thrill Bynum. Will Bynum is a seven or eight year NBA veteran. He played on a bunch of Detroit Piston teams. I think he was on a Warriors team and a Wizards team along the way. And for those who don't know, he's just a legend among guys who know amazing person, community organizer and builder, grew up in Chicago in the toughest, toughest parts of Chicago and just came out of nowhere. Not a tall guy. He's like my height. He's like 5'10", 5'11". And today he is an incredible trainer behind the scenes. He's helping young NBA players become everything they want to be. So uh, God, I mean, he goes in in this interview and starts talking about some of the players he's involved with. I mean, he's also been involved with all of these Chicago guys like the Rose and just incredible legends growing up in Chicago. So hope you enjoy this. I think you're going to really like the way that he thinks about his business, how everything in his life is about systems and preparation and process. So catch that. Let me know what you think. And uh, we're going to have a lot more of this to come. So uh, check it out. All right. Will, what's up? Not much. Everything's smooth, bro. Yeah. Tell us, about, tell us uh, you know, as you know, uh, JD and I are trying to uh, get a little something off the ground. We want to start talking to more athletes and professionals and entrepreneurs and and talking to people about how they're doing their business so uh we want to hear what's up man how, how has business been for you uh, it's been good right now i'm in the creative process of everything where i'm just building everything out and mapping everything out like on the vision board and just um and going to just start applying pressure you know towards them uh them goals Sweet, sweet. So uh, you you were saying last night you were talking to Tony yeah, Allen? Yeah, yeah, I had a long conversation with uh, Tony Allen. And uh, he, we were just talking about life and everything. And I was telling him about the, you know, the ideas that I had of what I was about to do. And he was just saying how he had just talked. He had just saw a kid out in um, the night before out in the club in Chicago. And it was uh, Antonio Blakeney. And uh, he was telling him, like, Yo, you got a, you got like a, you got a bright future, man. I've been seeing you. I've been following your career, your entire career. You probably should. You don't need to be inside of here right now. You need to be focused on, like your career, and uh, maximizing your potential. This thing is gonna always be here, and it just kind of led into the same things that I've been doing, you know, my entire life. As far as like, he was saying how like I did that for him, and like it's natural now for him to do that to other kids. Like when you see other kids out. And it just led right back full circle to my whole thing with starting a management company and uh, and training company and stuff to help develop these kids' careers and, and monitor their off-the-court off activities as well as on-the-court activities to make sure that they're reaching their, their goals and their maximum potential. That's amazing. So how are you how are you pitching someone like, let, like let's say, Antonio? I mean, first, first, first off, it would be you know, our backgrounds, you know, my background, my history, you know, where I come from, Chicago, you know, it's tough in the city. And, um, you know, with my opportunities, I've never, like, I had to work for everything that, that I had. So, 
the type of situation that Antonio Blakeney is in, he's in a similar situation where he had to build himself up to get to this point where he had to break, he had to break the um, the, the the cycles of, of what they're saying that that he is. Whether that's a I'm, I'm a six man guy, I'm gonna come in for scoring. You know, he had to break he had to break those things to where he's a consistent you know thirty minute player. Like he's going through that stage. So and I've been there before. So where so where he's at right now mentally. He needs to to lock in more than ever on his craft. It's on building, whether that is looking at different aggressive options off of play calls and play sets that he can do, defending more, learning how to defend more, and learning how to get more offensive opportunities for maximizing your defense. Like it's things like that that, every, like um, people can't tell him that I've been there before that I can tell him, and he's gonna know instantly what I'm talking about right away and this and this can be the difference between a guy having a five year career and a ten year career. This is everything. <clears throat> wow. So you know what? Uh J D was actually talking about this earlier. J D you wanna tell him a little bit about what we we're talking about in this well, regard? The, the process uh, Yeah, identifying. just the process. Yeah. Jordan yeah. was talking about some of the work he was doing with uh Zoe with, with Trier. Yeah. So well he asked me, he was just like, what is your process? and identifying talent and and I told him like you know I think most people have any, that have any semblance of knowing anything about basketball can identify when somebody can shoot if someone's athletic somebody you know the basic skills that it takes and, and this that and the third but I know I know you agree with me when I say like you know talent is only going to take you so far so if you're really trying to take a deeper dive into things, somebody like me and you who, you know, are basketball purists and love the game is, you know, we're going to tap into somebody's mental. That's something you always preach, I know. Like, how does he approach the game? How does he respond to adversity? How does he um, approach work? Absolutely. And, uh, and, and somebody specifically that me and you both know and are close with, I gave the example of Zoe. Like, I, I was telling Ben, like, and I, I've, I've said it to Zoe, I've said it to everybody. Like, through college, I knew who Zoe was. I didn't really watch Arizona play that much, but the little I did see, I wasn't a big fan just because, as you know, college college basketball is a completely different sport than NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if you have a game like Zoe that's predicated on, you know, being able to create for others, create for yourself, and, and being really talented with the b- basketball in your hand. If you're playing in college with with a no three-second rule and, you know, it's, it's more team-oriented where the coach is controlling the play calling and the third, you're not going to be able to show exactly what you can do. So immediately when I when I got in the gym with Zoe, I mean, you said it, you said it as well. I, I met Zoe at the end of March. You met Zoe probably the end of May. And immediately after the first day, being in the kid, being in the gym with the kid like that, you're like, okay, no, this kid gets it. Just his approach, period. So what he's talking about is just how you can identify somebody's personality, personality immediately when you're on the court. Absolutely, with. like from their spirit, from their character. Like potential don't really mean nothing. Yeah, a lot of guys can jump high and they're athletic and they're tall, but like, what does that mean if you have, if you're not passionate about something or you don't love it? Once you when you love something and you're passionate about it. It's going to take you on a journey to where you're going to have to take bumps and falls, where you're going to have to look yourself in the mirror and learn at those points. And like, Will, is that something you feel like you can teach? Is that something you feel like you can develop? Or is this something you look for in the players you're working with right now? 
I look for I look for the love. I look for the love. I look for the the mentality. I look for the hunger. And then I look at the skill. And I think I can develop the skill. And if I see high skill level and see low mental, I feel like I can develop the mental. You you see what I mean? Because the mental aspect of it, if somebody physically gifted, the mental aspect of it is switching their mentality of whatever there is that's giving them comfort. Because at that point, when they're playing on the court, they have some type of comfort zone or comfort level, whether that's speed, whether that's physicality that they're playing with, that they're playing at. And that's all mental. And when you're around a kid every day, spending time with them, they begin to tap into you. Like, it's just the way it's it's the, the effect of, um, like, having a person around you for so long and then you just automatically rubbing off on them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to automatically start to rub off on them because of my mentality and focus and the way that I see the game when we're constantly talking about the game. All of those little things ultimately, like, gives you an edge mentally because we're constantly talking the game, whether you're around me or not. Like, on the phone, through text messages, we're constantly talking the game, sets. And your mind, it becomes instinct, instinctive when you hear a set being called and you know exactly what to do and it, that the one man is going to pass to the four man and that the four man has to dribble into an option to hand off to a player. Now, that's a high-risk play for most coaches if you just look at statistic-wise because most four mans can't handle the ball. So for a defensive-minded guard, that would be the time to be more aggressive on that side of the court with that four man handling the ball. You see what I'm saying? Like those little things. I do. Those I do. little things is the things that Antonio Blakeney will be able to pick on quickly. Like, and that can be the difference between four to six points, two to three steals. Like it's just little things. And that's the difference between <laughs> five to ten years in the yeah, league. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, that, right. and ultimately, right. like that's, that's what, getting paid. Like that's what it's all about. Like you, you want to, you want to, like you learn these things and go through these things to give back to the youth and to the kids so that they can have a better opportunity than you had. Like that's what this is all about here. Like it's about pushing the culture and pushing like earth forward, no matter what it is through entertainment, through sports, through positivity, through health, through every different avenue. What do you see? What do you see that? What do you see young guys just getting wrong over and over again? I think right now it's that fight between I can achieve something overnight, like that overnight of success and actually working for it and understanding the value of working for it. I think it's that battle because of the internet right now. So the internet has created a a, a kind of a, a false sense where people think that you can achieve things overnight. And it just doesn't work like that. Like that's not the reality of it. The reality of it is you're gonna have to spend night like like night after night after night working and working and you might fail a few times. But it's okay if you're consistent and you're persistent and you believe in yourself. Ultimately, you're going to be right there for that same opportunity. But if, if not, then yeah. then you're biting, you fighting a battle, you know, with yourself that you would never win. This is a hell of a conversation because on one end of it, I was just telling him that, Will, because I was like, um, I was talking about a kid and, you know, um, he had a good game the other night and you know, Twitter is blowing his mentions up and, you know, is a 10 different Instagram pages posting them and he's probably got 10 million views total. And, you know, it sensationalizes the thought that, you know, you're on top of the world when, no, you had a good 15-point game and everybody has access to talk about it. The next day, 
everyone forgot about that. But for the next day, that kid is still thinking, you know, man, I'm on top of the world and I'm worth a hundred million dollars now. <laughs> like, you know, absolutely. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine growing up in Will the Thrill days when shit, you would have been a viral sensation, man? Yeah, like, but I, these kids dealing with a, a completely different. I was always, scenario. I was always a realist, like of myself. So I was always like my worst critic. So I never right. believe. I never, no matter how good it got as far as how I played, I never felt it because. I only felt like the pain from me training, whether I was sore or the pain from me like failing at something. You know? Are you serious? Are you? I, sorry, I have to time out for a sec. This is this is Ben. Man, I idolized you, Will. I, I, I You knew there were like little kids all around the country idolizing you. You didn't walk big at all. <laughs> Say that one more time. I can hear the end. The end part. You, you you weren't you 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 didn't have a head at all. I mean, I idolized you, man. I idolized you. It must at some point you must have felt like, man, I'm I'm Will Bynum. No, nah, I never I never really looked at it like that. Like I always looked at it like I got my confidence from my work. I knew I was outworking people. You know, so so like yeah. So I knew that if I got to a certain spot on the court, I'm gonna make it nine out of ten times. I knew if I. I knew if I pushed myself to the maximum five days before we played one game and I took a day off the day before the game, defensively I was going to be able to give offensive players hell. You see what I'm saying? So it was always a preparation to a battle, and the battles never ended. You see what I'm saying? Whether it was practice every day, no matter what it was, it was always preparation for that and pushing yourself beyond being better than who you was yesterday. So you don't really have no. Yeah, I don't think in your day they had that that phrase like trust the process. Or right, whatever, you don't really. Like, you are the process, and man. We didn't see, like we didn't see it. We didn't have a visual to see it like you can see it now on social media. So it was nothing to believe in. I had to believe in my work. I had to believe in the pain that I was feeling from me running miles and miles. And I had to believe that it could be nobody maximizing the amount of twenty four hours in a day, like I am. And then I'm listening to all of the crazy stories from Tim Grover that's telling me about Jordan and what he was doing and Kobe and what he was doing. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take it to the max or whatever they was doing. Right. And that's, that's, the, that's the way yeah. I did it. Every amount of information that I received from any anybody that made it or that got close to making it, I was holding that dear to my heart. And I was trying to do times two for whatever that they did. And I knew I would right. just give myself a chance with that. And I knew with a chance, it would have been up to me at some point. And in God's favor, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think that's that's so serious. It's so real. And it's like these young kids, they think that, like, I come from tech world. Everyone just thinks they're going to put up their own YouTube video and suddenly have a million views. Mm -hmm. You know? I, I was just about to ask you about that, Ben. So, like. A, a guy like Will who uh, has put in the work and who he is in the basketball world, me growing up in the basketball world, from our perspective, seeing what tech has done to sport and specifically our sport of basketball, like, you know, it's 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 changed the, the viewpoint of a kid growing up and developing in the game today. My question to you is, as a tech guy, like, when you were at Google years ago and you were at YouTube, yeah. And you saw the power of, you weren't even thinking about sports. You just saw the power that this was going to have on the world, just being able to create this visibility. 
fast forward to 2018, what is your viewpoint of like what we're saying? Like, I don't think you guys thought at the time, like, yo, this is gonna like put all type of pressure on kids. People are gonna start comparing themselves to this. They're gonna think everything's an overnight success. Did you have foresight to think how this would affect different sectors of the world? Mostly not, right? Like we, I think we were just excited that we, you know, originally when we did YouTube, like in the early days, YouTube was like a dating app for a second. People don't even realize that, right? And then we started putting up videos and I was working at Google Video. We, uh, we ended up acquiring YouTube when it was real small and I was one of the first handful of business people there. And man, we were just trying, just like anybody else, just to get the message out, just to show people what was possible. You know, we had players like we had uh, Chris Bosch and Baron Davis. Uh, we had some guys who would come through and we had a, like a little bit of awareness that like if guys like this were coming in, anything was possible that you could, if you could distribute your own stuff, if it was up to you to get your message out, there was a lot of good. And then we started seeing a lot of bad come from that. Right. The good was like, man, all of a sudden, everybody, like, it wasn't a, de it was like a democracy. Like, anybody, like, if Will decides that he's the best trainer in the world, if he can prove it, if he can show it, anything's possible, right? But now we're seeing all the bad side with, like, all the Russia stuff, all the other stuff. It's like, man, everyone, technology is, like, is not good or bad. That's yeah, the it, important it, thing. It's only the way you use it, you know? It's, I, I think it's all in choice. Like it's all in choice, and it goes back to like the foundation of the upbringing of, of kids. You know, like it's unlimited amount of information on the internet, so it it can't be. It's a good and a bad to it, but it has to be chosen. Like from the kid, it's just right. understanding the responsibility right. of that choice that you have because you can. You well, can man, I have a question for yeah. you. I have a question for you. How do you? How are you? you you're an incredible community organizer you're doing all sorts of stuff for the community. Like, where does that come from for, for you? Like, I, 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 like, how do we make more of you? I mean, with, with me, it, it comes from, from pain, you know, from pain, my upbringing, you know, from being hurt, you know, as a child and uh, just going through things at a younger age where I had to mature early, you know, like seeing death early, like a lot of those things, you know, hurt me to the point where I, whenever I made mistakes, I had to look myself in the mirror. And ultimately that gives you a, a humility about yourself when you start to grow in areas and become, you know, this person, you know, that, that, you know what I mean? That, that you ultimately become or that I became, you see what I'm saying? So like coming from where I come from, it's like a fairy tale to do the things that I'm doing. So with me, I just, I feed off that. Once I start finding out about the truth about things, whether that was health, you know, whether that was history, you know, no matter what that was, you know, I made a conscious note to seek those things out, to seek out that. Where if I'm on the Internet, I'm spending some of my time on the Internet. I'm going to look at things that's going to benefit me, but that's going to be a positive impact on me. And I just always kind of been like that. I don't know, like, what, who put that in me or, like, what happened. Maybe it was my brother when I was younger. He used to watch Jordan tape. And uh, Jordan and the Pistons, and he used to record all of the games, and he used to show, he used to come every weekend and like do the moves on me every weekend, like and I used to watch him do it to the people, <laughs> like the people playing pickup, like in the park district, and it, and it was crazy that he would have an advantage on them guys from just watching the tape at nighttime and working on it, <laughs> and so I just picked that up and just tried to do that to the max, 
and that's been the same thing what I did with with life, you know, just constantly taking that battle of learning the truth and and trying to give out as much that I learn as possible. Yeah, it just seems to me that you have you have this incredible respect for process and that process has given you results in your life and and you've just seen incredible powerful things happen and now you're trying to give that back to to other people. Man, you sleep like you yeah. sleep well. You know, it's money money is is unlimited. It's limitless. So so like what is that? What is the true meaning of that? It is it, it's, it's no meaning. It's no meaning at all. So all we have is like time out here. Like we have time and we have our loved ones and the memories of it. Like they say that you have pictures like before you pass, you have pictures before you die, the flashes of memories. So if that's the case, then our time is valuable, is extremely valuable. So what you see and what you dream is everything. So if you take the time to, to actually map out a plan and visualize and take steps towards it every single day, then you're ultimately maximizing your self potential. And that's what we're in this thing for. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would think. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Do you uh, walk us through, Will, like if, uh, you know, the, how you would work with a player? Like what happens when a player comes to you? What's the process involved? What's, what, how are you thinking about that right now? I mean, for, before a player comes to me, I would already have seeked it out or seen it already because I'm like, I'm always watching the game. So I'm familiar with, you know, with everybody, every age group. So I stay in tune with, with what's going on because I love the game, you know, so it's, it's automatically for me to, to watch kids and, and, and know who's the top kids in high school, grammar school, you know, so I'm familiar with it. So I would already know certain things about them. And even if I didn't know something about them, just from looking at them, I could tell certain things just from my experience. I could tell whether he's right handed or left handed. I could tell whether he'd like to go left or right. I could tell whether he's familiar with terminology or not. I can tell whether he's good at remembering plays. I'm gonna be able to tell that from the conversation that we had from hand to hand. And that's just that's something that you probably that I mean, I guess I picked up from from just growing up, I guess, from growing up in tough environments and then being able to be around so many different people. I've been to so many different places around people from China to Italy, Israel, Turkey you know, Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago's that like you get to understand the full realm of people and understand that we all just one, you know what I mean? And we go through emotions and we go through things daily and we all need that positivity and motivation ultimately. And when you understand, when yeah. you understand and, and that, you can get through that, to anybody. Oof. Yeah. It strikes me that, uh, you're just so intelligent. You were so intelligent on the court, you know? And I think that probably came from, a lot of travel and all of these uh, adventures. Yeah, I mean, people people really don't really see me like that from my perception. I really didn't talk that much. You know, I was kind of quiet as far as the way, because I, how I grew up, you never really trusted anybody. So, like, I was always kind of shell, but I just worked my tail off, you know what I mean, everything that I did. And as I, like, as I got older and I got with the Pistons, I used to talk to Joe a lot. And Joe used to tell me, like, you got to become contagious. Like, everybody around you, you have to have to lift up. And I would be so determined and self-focused that sometimes I wouldn't see that. And once I started to realize that, it kind of actually led me to this, to what I'm to what I'm doing, like as far as like after the game of basketball. Because I've always felt that way. Like I've always, when I was younger, I, I knew that, like I always wanted somebody to come back and be like, huh, Will, look, this is all you have to do. 
you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to straighten up this, you have to watch the people right here. You know what I mean? And I and, and it would have made it so much easier for me, you know, to to reach my goals if I would have understood that. But I had to make mistakes and learn. So it led me on this path of trying to bring other guys with me from my neighborhood and from Chicago. And ultimately, it's it's me giving back everything that I've learned during my whole journey back to children so that they can make better decisions than me. Yeah, JD was actually sort of saying the same same thing, which is like when you know what's in front of you, like it's I mean, yes, it's hard, but like it, it's possible to go out and get it. But you have to know what you want to get. Exactly. And uh, you were saying like you tell a player how many points they need to score for a certain contract or whatever, and it's like, all right, they can go do it, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, you know how that is. Well, as athletes, we are we are trained, and I think it it, it starts with. Something as simple as, you know, um, the way we train itself. All right, I'm going to make 50 game shots to end my workout. All right, I'm going to hit 225 10 times. I think we're conditioned mentally to think within attainable goals just from the simple training aspect. But also, um, if you take it to a bigger level, like you're saying, like, all right, you know, the players in the league right now who are averaging 8 to 10 assists, they're making this amount of money. So I think, you know, I think we're all conditioned to think like this. Will, are there any players you can tell us about that you've worked with at all? Um, I've worked with, as far as what? Like, I've worked with, I mean. Just training, training, life. life, I mean, you tell me. I mean, we want to blow up your business, uh, man. Tony Allen, Patrick Beverly, uh, Jabari Parker, Tyler Eulis, Jerome Randall, uh, Alfonso McKinney. I have a, I have a bunch of players that's in Europe, like o- Osiris Eldridge. I have um, I know that I'm missing out on a lot of kids. They'll be extremely be upset if they, if they hear this in there. You, I, I can't believe you not saying. I nephew. can't believe you not saying one of one of the biggest legends from Chicago right now. Will. Oh, D Rose, Derrick Rose. In light of what oh, he yeah. did last, like D D Rose is his yeah, young. Yeah, D Rose too. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. D Rose, yeah. yeah he come, he come from up under me in Inglewood and Tony Allen brother, which is Ryan Allen and Derrick is best friend. So when we were when I was young, when I was in high school, like in college, when I was in college, Derrick was in high school and he used to always come up to me and tell me because he knew I moved in when me and Tony was younger. I moved in with Tony. Because I got Tony. Tony was on the streets. Like, I knew Tony since we were in, like, fourth grade. Set, we, we played all the way up until we were in seventh grade. Then I moved, and we, we kind of got from around each other. So Tony was on the south side of Julian, and I was kind of, like, on the low south side. So we were away from each other. We ended up seeing each other, and I got him to transfer to my high school. When I got him to transfer, I moved in with him. When I moved in with him, I was there with him and his little brother. So we would, when I would come home in the morning time, we would go before school and work out before school. Then we would work out after school and have practice. And then we'd go to the Jordan Center, work out again and come home. And then we'd watch, we try to catch all of the highlights and record them on VHS so we can go back and look over. <laughs> <laughs> so we was doing that every day. It became a routine. So what, what they would see was they, they, they saw my routine and what I would do. So he took that. Tony took that and he, he kept doing that on and on, went to junior college, Oklahoma State. Then Ryan took that, what he saw, and he gave it to Derrick Rose and they would do it, the same thing, like over and over. And that's how they developed and got good, like from a younger age. And it's just like, 
it's like this formula cycle of knowledge that like when you learn it and you, you give it back or they see it, like it can help a kid who who has nothing or who has no hope become something that, you know, that nobody ever even imagined. And that's that's the beauty of it. Man, that's so powerful. I can't even believe it, man. Like mm-hmm. Tony Allen, that story about Tony Allen is really crazy. Oh, yeah, we got some deep yeah. stories. <laughs> man, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we might have to create another podcast to talk about all that type of <laughs> I stuff. Know, I know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, I witnessed that. Like from my perspective of Will's, like Will came to Detroit in 08. I was a junior in high school. I might have been 16, 17, something like that. And um, we just immediately hit it off. Um, how old were you back then, Will? Like 24? Yeah, 24. Like yeah, so close enough in age, you know, older than me, but immediately became like an older brother to me. And like, you hear it in that story of him, like him and Tony Island grew up together, but this is little Will Bynum, who obviously is big Will Bynum. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Will is, how how tall are you, Will? Officially, (laughs) what would you say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's like 5'11". Five yeah, eleven uh, on a good day with shoes on, <laughs> but um, but but who he is as a person? I mean, he's seven feet tall. Like you hear it, how powerful is that? This 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 is took one of his peers, basically moved in with him and got him on the straight and narrow. If it's not for that, you know, it's gonna be the same old story with a kid like that. So I mean, it's just been in will to do that, and I and I immediately always saw that like. Obviously, the guy Will is today at 35 years old um, is much different than the 24-year-old I met 11 years ago. Like, you hear the perspective in him, but he's always had, like, that grace in him to, you know, think deeper and want to achieve greater things. But just to be a part of that and experience that and, you know, becoming close with people from Chicago. Like, Chicago is a second home for me, like. Anytime I even go to Chicago, I was just with Will like six weeks ago in Chicago. Like just to see who he is in that community, I'm here to back up everything he's saying, man. It's incredible. Yeah. Definitely appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So so uh Will, what's the best way for for all the players out there that, that may be listening? Uh what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Is it do you feel like it's Instagram maybe? Yes, yeah, Instagram for now. I'm gonna be starting a new page and then I'm gonna be starting a website as well. And that's in the future. But right now, it'd be Instagram. It'd be 123012 Yeah, man, I feel like you're doing so many things right. I, I'm inspired. Um, you know, I, I just can't believe how much work you put in every single day. And uh, that, you know, that you're a resource out there for players. Like, you have a whole tree. Like, you have a whole tree of players, it sounds like. Yes, it's just a lot. Same, it was the same kind of similar with Patrick Beverly. Like, Patrick Beverly... I would see him when he was younger, like he were in high school. He was in high school. I would hear about him all the time. He was growing up a kid, a kid that was like a protege of mine, uh, Sharon Collins, who also was one of my kids too, who ended up making it to the NBA. And now he's back at Kansas, coaching at Kansas. And he won the the national championship. So like he went to my high school after me. And and him and Patrick Beverly used to have these crazy battles like in the Red West Conference that I was from. So I would go back. I would go back, like, and go see him play and give him pointers and watch him play, you know, and motivate him, like, during, 
like while they were battling each other and they kept going on and on and on and then eventually you know he got to a point to where yeah i got kicked out of school yeah i got kicked out of arkansas so i had to talk him through that then he went overseas for a little bit he got drafted but he ended up going having to go overseas to play in russia and i talked to him about that and he like at that time he would get upset like he would get upset that other players would be getting playing time and things like that and it would it would bother him emotionally and i would tell him like man i can see it on you when you playing that you wearing it on your sleeve like your emotions of what's going on in the business and you can't be like that if you love something you saying that you love the, the basketball but you ain't showing the same love because you wearing the emotion on your sleeve like a woman like you can't do that when it comes to to the game, like to the game of basketball, you have to be all in. It's gonna hurt you sometimes. But you have to be consistent with it, with your growth as a player. And it might take a year or two in in in, in Europe, and it's okay. Like that, that don't mean that the people that's around you gonna go away because yeah, that's gonna happen. Like people around you are gonna go away, but guess what? That's the answer. Those people was never gonna be around you. So now you can focus in on your career and maximize your talent level and understand that, okay, they saying you're not a point guard. All right, now it's time to get better at, at that point guard position. It's time to get better at running the team. It's about the better, having a better body posture as a point guard. They saying that you don't look like a point guard. Now you have to defend. You have to do the other things that they saying that you're not doing. Like you have to do that. If you put your all into defend, like defending and mastering the defensive side of the court, they're going to come get you from Europe. You're not going to have to worry about all of this. You don't have to worry about having emotions behind it because they're going to come and get you. And sure enough, like a year in Europe, and they came, and the Rockets came and signed them. Damn. Yeah. Well, Will, Will, I got to thank you, man. What a great conversation. I hope it's cool. We, we want to keep checking in with you. Uh, we want you just to be a regular part of uh, what we're doing, if that's Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Anytime. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I feel like I feel like so many players could use you right now. By the way. Yeah, I want to talk about art. I, I want feel to talk like... about artificial intelligence with you too. I want to see your thoughts on, thoughts <laughs> on that too. What do you want to know? <laughs> what do you want to know, my man? I want I want to know like, do you think it's possible for it to be the ultimate basketball player from artificial intelligence? Because we 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 know that the data is going in. It's going in somewhere. All our data, every everybody data is going in. Yeah. So whether it's good yeah. or bad, is the data, the can the data form the ultimate basketball player? Do you mean like like eventually there will be a robot, yeah, or you just mean the data like itself? Twenty thirty. Because I'm sure, like by twenty thirty, it's going to be a super form of of artificial intelligence in some kind. Uh huh. With all the data that we're giving out, so you, uh, you answer you answer for me, man. You tell me. <laughs> you you more familiar with it. I just follow it. It's like it's like T. Uh, it's not like Terminator Two. It's like Terminator like Thirty Four basketball <laughs> player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I I do think something like that could eventually happen. I think it's going to be a while. Um, I think from an intelligence perspective, it's here, mm-hmm. right? But from an actual movement perspective. It's going to be a little while. Right now, they're just figuring out how to do hands and fingers and how to move elbows and so forth. Mm. To put that together, like, I'm pretty sure you could create a robot probably about right now that could hit a bunch of free throws in a row. 
But that idea of a robot being able to go up and down the court and make decisions that's and, and just move the joints of the body right, that cut. quickly, that's going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah, run, jump. But I do think from an intelligence perspective, you look at you know all of the uh, analytics in the NBA, I do think that's changing the game. And I do think we're starting to make smarter decisions in hoops, right? I mean, that's why, I, I mean, growing up, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Man, the NBA, uh, to me, the NBA is way better now. I can't believe all that scoring, all the run and gun, all the passing. Unbelievable, right? And to me, that's all from all of this data and analytics and all that stuff. You know what? I it, mean, maybe I'm off. What do you it, think? It, it's, it's more entertaining to watch, but it's less competitive. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, we, we gained more entertainment, but we lost the competitive nature of it. We even lost the competitive mm-hmm. nature of the business aspect of it. Because now, if it's whether the team tank or whether the team wins the championship, it doesn't even matter. You, you see what I'm saying? So now, yeah. if, if, if I'm at the top of the business and I'm thinking, I got to run my business like a family type uh, atmosphere, you know, the top has to be held accountable just like the bottom. So it's like if, if we're in a competitive field like that and we're trying to win, then we're going to be looking at a different type of players. You see what I'm saying? Right. But it's like now yeah. it's suitable. Like it doesn't matter. It's business-wise going to make sense regardless whether you tank or whether you win, you go after the championship. Actually, it's better if you tank. Then you go try and try to <laughs> win a championship. So that's like – Some cities make, are like tanking. Sense. There has to be yeah. some benefits to like competitive nature. Have to be some benefits to right. to want to win every single drill, <laughs> to, to right. like to want to try and win every single game. I just think it's getting okay. kind of diluted with that, and there's no competitiveness no more. Everybody, we can team up and we can trick the stats now because we more like we more stat conscious now because of analytics. So now right. we yeah. can team up with each other and win 17 championships, and and we go back and look at the book. It's gonna look like oh man. This guy destroyed. He destroyed it during his time frame. But if you wasn't there... If, you would have scored like 25, 27 points a game, Will. Yeah, if you wasn't there to see it, you wouldn't know. <laughs> like back then, it was... Back no. then, coaches wasn't so eager to let a point guard just come down and freelance like that. It, that was not yeah. happening. Like, that just wasn't happening. Like, Allen Iverson was the, like one of the first people to buck the system kind of like that. And he got... Like he was under all kind of scrutiny for that. Absolutely, he took a lot of <laughs> yes to, to play um, to play the way that we they playing right now. <laughs> yeah, and and to your question, uh, Ben, when you were like the game, the differences in it, I think uh, Adam Silver made a quote about it, and it and it plays right into what Will said. Like, yes, this new r- rule change has worked exactly how we wanted to when they did um you know when you get an offensive rebound now it doesn't go back to 24 it goes to 14. they were like that's exactly what we wanted now you know it's normal to see games in the 140s and 150s mm. they want this this is you know this is not by chance this is by design absolutely like, you t- it was tapped <laughs> into you know, they want, uh, but you know if you tap into the yeah, shot clock so, then you tap into the mental aspect of instinctively now i got to do something so if, if, I get, if I get the rebound at 14 seconds, instinctively, I'm going to make a decision. It's like red. You hit red automatically at five. But instead, instead it's at 14. Right. So you know that's going to get more field goal attempts up. Ultimately, it's going to be more points. And, and I think when you when you look into the development of the game, like um, 
I know I had this conversation with my pops all the time. Like, right now, 2018, we're seeing shit that we never saw. Kevin Durant is a creature. He's a seven foot two guard. Absolutely. We never seen nothing like that. Stephen Curry, he's regularly pulling up from 40 feet. We've never seen that. Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, we've never seen athletes like that. So, from that perspective, I think some of that stuff, yeah, that's some of the best ever. But to Will's point, now imagine if you added a late 80s, 90s mindset. Yes, these guys oh, would be gangster. Then it would gangster. be gangster. <laughs> you know how competitive the league would be? <laughs> like, you think we're looking at entertainment, oh, it would really be entertaining. <laughs> hey, do you feel like, do you, feel like uh, you know, Clay Thompson hit 14 three pointers the other night? You feel like someone's going to hit 20 this year? Put it like this: If it if him. it does, it's gonna be either one of those two guys, players, players. Right, <laughs> right, absolutely, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, Clay could have done it. You know, he didn't play. I know he played. That's what I'm saying. That was only through three quarters. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna see twenty this year. See, it's gonna have to like. I think Clay would have to get that hot versus the Rockets or Boston, where it would be a competitive. Absolutely. Because if he's playing against the Bulls or something like that, he's not gonna play in the fourth quarter. So it's possible. Yeah, I mean, like Will said, it, it'd probably be one of those two, one of those two guys in Golden State. Yeah, Will, are you? Did this uh, shot clock change? Did it change the way you're you're training players by any chance? Nah, not at all. Not nah. really. Nah. Not at all. My whole thing is conditioning anyway, so it's like that. that that's coming fighting over that mental part first. So being able, being in the best condition, you can make the be- the. Uh, the better decision you know what i mean like with a tired yep. mind the first thing once your mind is tired the decision is trash no matter what decision you make but if you have enough if you have the the, the condition first then you can make a better decision mentally when you get tired yeah I feel like that's for regular life too yeah, I, I haven't played basketball in 20 years and i or longer and uh, I know for me, that's that's how I approach my business life, too. Absolutely. It's the same formula for the majority of all of these things. It's the same formula. <laughs> like, that's, that's the purity of everything, I guess. And that's the beauty in it. It's the same formula no matter what. Yeah. You know, I got to say, I love your Instagram. I've been meaning to say this for a while. Your Instagram is fire, <laughs> man. I love all the stuff you post. I laugh. <laughs> I laugh at stuff. You, then you have like the emotional stuff, the like community stuff. You got, you have it all, man. I really, you're like a really, really good follow, I'd say on IG. Definitely appreciate that. I just be trying to yeah, lift man. people, man, in every in every way possible. I think ultimately that's what it's all about. I love that. You got to ask him what we were talking about earlier about the perspective of why what's attractive about LA. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking earlier today about LA. You know. Uh, especially in summertime, it seems like you know it's the hot spot right now for players. What's what's your perspective on that? Why why is LA going down? What's my perspective on the LA the LA circuit in the summertime? Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. It seems like it's it's warming up. I think that it's more opportunity in LA. I think that the the opportunity is unlimited. I think that the amount of people that go there that are conscious of opportunity is unlimited. So you're you're more susceptible to be around a more positive person being in LA. 
So ultimately, I think that's the best decision for if you're trying to build. If you're trying to build and you're trying to do some great things, I think that's the best place to be, to do those things, especially in business or, you know, kind of no matter what it is. You know, if you're trying to do some special things, I think that's the place to be because that's the place I, you know, it's where Hollywood is, I, you know, of course. But, you know, it, it's more people that's trying to, to do the unthinkable. You know what I mean? It's more people that's trying to, to do positive things. And I think that ultimately when those people get together, that's when you make masterful things. Yeah. I, I, was, I spoke to that a little bit earlier, just how innovative it, it is out here. And specifically with, in our world, Will, and specifically with what you're building right now, the training world, I was just talking about how, from a basketball player's perspective, the amount of runs you can get into with what they're doing up at UCLA, and then just from the health profession as a whole, you know, if you want to go to the best uh, rehab facilities, if you want to go to the best strength and conditioning coaches, if you know you want to get into a vegan diet, if you want to try, you know, different nutritional things, like it's so much innovation going on out here. That, Every aspect. You, know, you, can, you can really tap in. Yeah, I like I like L.A. a lot. I think that, like, in places like Chicago, it's very dark. You know what I mean? It's dark in places like this where kids can't see. They can't see the joy and the light of L.A. because they've never seen it. So their minds kind of be trapped within that paper bag of thought. You know what I mean? So it takes like it, it takes like guys like us to have these conversations and kind of give them a vision of what it could be like, and then that gives them hope. Yeah, I got to say that's so true. You know, I, I I moved around a lot as a kid, and uh, I spent some time in the Midwest toward the end of high school, and I just didn't know what was possible. You know, you have to know what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were right up the road. Yeah, I was. Hey, Will, I was down in Champaign, Illinois, uh, for my last two years of high school, about two hours south of Chicago, yeah. and uh, you know, sort of found myself in a bad crowd for a little bit. But um, yeah, I just didn't think about my future, you know. And if I had had a little bit more, if I could just know what was possible, like you're saying with LA, you know, that uh, luckily, you know, the right things happened for me. But I know they don't happen to everybody else. You know? Absolutely, and that's and this the knowing of it is everything. You know, like once some kids know better, know. they can like, make it's better true. decisions. Like all it takes is one yeah. conversation. Well, that's why I think you know, like in the NBA, how how big men have suddenly developed a three point shot. That's what I think LA is. You know, for for players, is they're coming here and they realize that business has to be part of their. Their, their, you know, what they have to offer, mm -hmm. right? They have, to, they have to have this weapon in their arsenal. And I think more and more of these players are realizing, you know what, yeah, I need to capitalize. If I'm going to be a successful athlete, if I'm going to be a successful person and contributor, then I need to understand how media works. I need to understand how technology and content and health, how it all works together. And that's what's going down here. Absolutely. Because it's definitely all one. It is. It is. Well, all right, man. Well, this has been a great conversation. Absolutely. Uh, once again, if you don't know, you got You have to find Thrill on, on Instagram. Yes. It's a good follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, man. We're going to check in again soon.